1: Loggers Podcast, Season Three, Episode Seven. We're going to be talking about uh, Star Trek Lower Decks today, and the episode name is Much Ado About Boimler. And there we go already. By the way, um, have we like we've made the connection that that uh, Boimler is also the key uh, figure in um, antagonist? Is it antagonist in uh, Pro- the
2: boys? Protagonist, yeah.
1: Protagonist, yep. yes.
2: Protagonist, uh, yeah. And he's also uh, um, son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Brian, yeah. yeah. Which is hey just Brian. a little weird cuz he's also like 31 years old. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. That don't doesn't it seem like those two were stars like recently? It seems weird that they're No, they were stars in the 80s. All right. Now you're just You've got mail. Now you just hurt my feelings. That was the 90s. Sleepless in Seattle. That was also the 90s. Was it? Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Well, then you know the 90s was like 30 years Listen, ago, Listen, right? I don't want to get into it.
3: <laughs> Somewhere in the 20 to 30 year range, that's right.
2: <laughs> hey, I was a teenager in the 90s. What do you guys Got going on yeah I was a teenager in the 70s I beat you
1: all righty um yeah burn baby burn um all right uh that's how we used to say it in the 70s by the way um yeah so fact checking uh here we go uh Patrick Mcnee is the person I couldn't remember the name of the actor Patrick Mcnee played John Steed in the Avengers the original Avengers I think it was a different dude again in the in the Avengers part two or whatever it was called oh more uh
2: oh fact checking
1: I didn't realize that that Joanna Lumley was I, I did mention a couple Weeks ago but it, Joanna Lumley was was the sort of the Emma Peel type character in the New Avengers. New Avengers, I thought it was cool. There, so you don't have to do a fact check now. Alrighty, and um, Jonathan mentioned uh, some Disney movie that came to direct to, to after the the COVID thing and went right to Disney Plus. That movie would be Onward, and it, start, it was the characters the brothers were Barley and Ian Lightfoot, and they they had some sort of magic wand and they were looking for their dad or something like that. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. And a little little bit of uh, trivia, fact-check stuff for the um, Lower Decks. The shuttles on the U.S. Vancouver, I mean, we'll be pleased to know, are named after Vancouver neighborhoods, Kitsilano, Fairview, and Marple. I, I did catch Marple, but I didn't, I didn't know that was a Vancouver neighborhood. Um, and then I think this one's you, John
2: yeah there was just a couple of things uh we mentioned the the matrix we were talking about uh the uh agent smith not returning thing and uh we mentioned how it could be rebooted we we talked about the architect the architect i guess made his first appearance at the end of part two not part three right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So i think at one point we said part three but i guess it was in part two
1: but when did he when did he tell neil this has all happened before and you're that's the you're end of part eating. two yeah
2: that's that's when oh, he goes into okay. the secret room at the end of part two all the tv's in it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, with right. his really weird monotone. Own voice
1: doesn't he go back and visit him in the third one after the Keymaker gets
2: him there or whatever that's in part two the it's key maker thing two, it's right? all in part two Ooh. i know I, I, the only reason that i know this is because xavier and i just rewatched this not you know a few months ago right gotcha okay so therefore it's fresh um, I keep asking me have you seen this movie have you seen this movie and he's like yeah yeah i saw
1: it saw it. yeah yeah whatever so i'm trying to find you know movies he can watch that he's not seen before like we watched we, we did watch uh 2001 i made him watch 2010 last time he was here oh yeah to so get the whole sort of you know second part of the story
2: yeah there's no shortage of uh classic movies that he still has on his to-do list so i'm sure he'll work his way <laughs> through uh the other one we talked about was octopus we were talking about james bond and the whole idea of multiple double agents and uh yeah. so i looked it up and double oh nine was the Bond uh, compatriot who gets snuffed at the very beginning of Octopussy. So Mm -hmm. apparently there have been many, and I guess they just rotate through those numbers because he can't have been the first 007. No. Uh, And the last one, Venture Brothers, we were talking about where it was because I couldn't remember. I knew it was on a couple of different stations here, so it was on Teletoon here in Canada uh, because we didn't have uh, Adult Swim, but now we do have Adult Swim, and now it does air on Adult Swim here in Canada.
1: So if somebody wanted to catch up with it, is that the best place
2: to go? or is it like on the netflix or the hulu or it is not here in canada i don't know where it is in the united states as far as streaming here i don't think it streams anywhere right now it might be you might be able to watch the most recent bits on like um adult swim on demand but i don't really like i, I know it's not on any of the the primary streaming channels because i would be, hmm. be re-watching I, I have all the dvds and blu-rays because it's been so hard to watch up here right right hmm, cool there you go. So let's move on to- Headlines, headlines, headlines.
3: Jaime doesn't play that game. No, no. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride for uh the uh, the sound effects there. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, hang on.
2: I think we just came up with our new catchphrase Jaime, don't play that. He, Jaime don't play Jaime, <laughs> don't play that. All right, okay. See how it sticks. Uh, So first bit of headline is the fact last week we were talking about the fact that we had a Dune trailer and we were excited about that. We were talking about movies and how movies are going to be this fall, given COVID and the resurgence and everything else. So we had speculated, well, maybe we're going to see a bit of a dominoes with things moving around. Well, of course, it was the day after we recorded our last episode. That's just the way it works. It's always the way. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 was bumped. So it was supposed to be out in October, now it's coming out in December. So uh, the funny thing is, and one of the things that we had speculated on was, well, maybe they'll move that to December and move Dune out till next year. But for the time being, and I I don't know if this will last, and obviously all of this is subject to change, given that we're going to be dealing with COVID ramifications for months still to come. Dune is still standing on the calendar. It's still set up for uh, December. So we've almost got like back to back weeks with mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and then Dune scheduled to both come out right before Christmas. So is Tenant still in the theaters though? Tenant's still in the theaters. and still mm. ticking along doing mediocre business for the handful right. of people that feel comfortable doing that.
1: Right. Well, like I said back in the 70s when you went to see a movie, you you could go for like 10 weeks at a time, like it would be held over for another 2 weeks and
2: uh, and maybe it's that's all meant. you can do is is, you know, we talked about how do they how do they try and make their money back in any way on these very high production cost films, maybe that's the way is you just say, hey, this is only going to be available in theaters, but it's going to run for four months in the theater. And that's how you how you squeeze every nickel out that you can, because otherwise they're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Do they serve popcorn in COVID or what? Uh, You can definitely get both if you're not careful. So you you can get popcorn. (laughs) Yes, you can still get popcorn. I guess they've reduced the amount of offerings they have at their uh, snack facilities, but you can still get uh, you can still get some stuff.
1: Yeah, I was telling Jaime yesterday that, that our um, our numbers are not looking good um, after like we were down to 50 per day kind of thing and, and we're now up to, we just, I think just almost 300 today and mm-hmm. now the premier of the province, Mr. Ford, is talking about reducing the number of people that can hang out together. So, of course, when we say 300 a day, Jaime just laughs at us, right? Yeah. Just look forward to
3: that day right. that we have only that many. <laughs> in like one particular area of you know our, our our fine country and not uh not the entirety of it as as you all seem to be talking about
2: right right yeah i think you guys mm-hmm. are close to 300 deaths a day unfortunately it's um it's pretty wildfire and that's another issue but it's got it's spreading
3: really rapidly down there still it's it's scary it's very scary well wow. next one we got is a trailer or something that is coming out on cbs all access and we'll talk a little bit about that name soon uh console war Wars is the documentary about the old school Nintendo versus Sega, uh, you know, wars of the uh, video game consoles and how they, they fought each other in the long ago. Um, it, it looks really, really, really neat for folks who uh, are interested in that kind of history or who grew up to that history like I did. So it looks like it's coming out on CBS All Access on September 23rd. Hmm. <laughs> Last
2: week, we talked about DC Fandom coming back this past weekend. They were doing a second iteration. So they held that online again this weekend, it was not nearly as sexy as the first one. The first one, obviously, did the new Batman trailer, the new Wonder Woman trailer, the video games, all kinds of stuff is really good. This one was a little more subdued, but we did get some good news out of it. And one is that they are going to take the content from the clearly now defunct DC Universe app and move it over to HBO Max, including renewing Doom Patrol for a third season. So that's good news. They also announced that they're going to uh Stargirl, I guess, had been debuting on DC Universe and then being shown on the CW in the States. Now it's just going to be a CW show. And uh, the other one, Titans, I guess, is another one. So they're they're taking the content that was there that people seem to be enjoying. They're not going to just flush it since they're destroying the app. They're going to move that over. So uh, there's that much more content for the HBO Max line, considering they've already got this stuff in production. And now they've got a little back catalog going with some of this stuff. So that's good news. And Doom Patrol, I really love. I think it's a just an absolutely bad, crap, crazy show, and I and I really think it's fun, and I'm glad that it's going to get at least one more season.
3: Over to you, Jaime. Yeah, so I mentioned CBS All Access before, but uh, let's recall that cbs had merged with viacom to become viacom cbs and that includes paramount and uh oh by the way as cbs or the combined viacom cbs is thinking about how do we bring our streaming service to uh you know together and and to other places around the world and and branding wise uh cbs is presumably mostly an american thing i'm not sure that it shows up much elsewhere so they have decided that uh, in early 2021 cbs all Access the streaming Service will be renamed to Paramount Plus. Woo-hoo. Plus is clearly the, the the brand buzzword
2: now. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But is it P L U S or is it a little plus sign?
1: So
3: they wrote it out as plus in this article. But the assuming this is accurate uh, iconography that they're showing, mm-hmm. the the logo has a plus sign or a plus symbol on it. So
1: CBS as or CBS All Access is available in Canada, but Paramount is definitely a brand that we've had here because our Scotiabank Theatre downtown used to be the Paramount Theatre, right? It, and, we used to have
2: Paramount's Canada's Wonderland. Yeah,
1: it used to sponsor Canada. So we had the Hanna-Barbera characters there as well because of that. And it used to be uh, like a um, almost, well, not quite life-size, but a large uh, Enterprise and um, Klingon warbird uh, hanging in the in the escalator chamber where you, when you went to the movies, it may still be there. I don't know.
2: Yeah, the Bird of Prey. That was really cool. I like that one. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, and that was like, as you were going, this huge escalator must, I uh, forget how many floors it was, but it was like Probably like five, six floors, right? Of yeah, the Escalator. Yeah, yeah. It was brutal when it wasn't working. You had to walk up the stairs like an animal. But um, yeah, that's yeah. Paramount is a name that we know quite well here in Canada, and obviously Paramount are the people who own, or at least I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, own the uh, the Star Trek line, right? So Which is now, as you said before, CBS.
2: All under one roof. Yep. So Jaime, you're uh, you're going to get more content at least when you have to sign back on for your CBS All Access stuff. That's good. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. It's, as far as I can tell, pretty much a a bonus for what was going on. I can't imagine that will last forever. I fully expect they'll squeeze at least another dollar somewhere in the month. It seems like every streaming service does it over time. But for the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, other than the, all right, I guess I call it Paramount Plus at at some future date. I'm like, it seems like a pretty good, uh, pretty good deal.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Just a bit of quiz here, John. Do you remember what the name of the Scotiabank Theater was before it was Paramount? Used to have a funny name. Mm,
2: Yeah, I I don't remember off the top of my head that's what a block i know it's CEO changed names right. yeah it's, it's changed a few times i remember but uh yeah and they're talking about uh wrecking balling it because they want to build another massive condo tower down there too really so it's going to go away no more imax downtown well we have the the other one at uh dundas right? yeah there's the one at dundas now right yeah that's they haven't i guess i don't know the last i heard they were working on a rezoning for that uh that city block that has the the building there they're talking about putting in a huge multi-faceted complex there all right next up i've got uh the Mandalorian season two full trailer dropped this week. Oh, really? Yeah. So Hmm. we've gotten a little teaser, but we, this is the first one that sort of seems to get a little more, a little more meat on it. So it's got a little bit of a setup for what we're going to see this season. Um, it starts off with the, uh, Razorcrest, the ship belonging to the Mandalorian with him and, um, the child, baby Yoda. Uh, and then you can hear this sort of voiceover and the voiceover is the armorer, the woman who, uh, was the leader of the Mandalorians who were in hiding. And she's sort of saying to him, well, you know, you need to take this, uh, creature and you need to reunite it with its people. This is the way. So, it seems like season two is going to be centered around him trying to locate the Jedi to try and reunite him with the those people because that's, as far as they know, what he is. It's a strange thing. Like, the trailer looks fantastic. It's, you know, it sort of t- hints at, you know, we see some X-Wings, we see some... Um, uh different aliens that we recognize from that we see uh s- speeder bikes and we see um uh you know all these different sort of things that we're familiar with from this world and then we also get a little bit of a look at um you know some of the mystery the mystery seems to be like you know how is he going to reunite them with that but the part that's really confusing is how they talk about the jedi like nobody knows what they are right. you'd think if anybody would know who the jedi are it would be the mandalorians who are very very respectful of their culture and would have that like oral history of who the jedi are so it's kind of a strange thing wait
1: so so we don't we're not sure what what do we know what time frame mandalorian takes place in because i thought I yes so is this baby
2: yoda yoda no no this takes place after the events of return of the jedi
1: yeah so how would they not know who the jedi are
2: yeah so that's the the part that's kind of confusing and there's been lots of uh blog posts and and nerd nerd uh um tweets about how this doesn't necessarily make sense and lots of speculation on what the answers could be it's possible that in the wake of um episode three when the jedi when spot came through the time hole and Change the whole universe and everything? <laughs> yes, you, you nailed it. And then Thanos snaps his fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um no, I think the idea would be that in the wake of the Jedi's being defeated by uh Darth Sidious, the Emperor, at the end of episode three, that not only did he wipe out the Jedi, and then the subsequent, you know, twenty years between the episode 3 and episode 4 that there would be a um, you know Darth Vader goes around and kills the remaining Jedi that are out there in the universe but they are also doing like what we saw in Rogue One where they are like wiping out Jedi temples they are destroying their they're they're literally like wiping their existence off the face of the earth they're rewriting history books they're deleting records so the only thing that would exist is the sort of uh, oral history that people would do that and if you lived in an outlying world which theoretically that's where the mandalorian operates maybe you wouldn't be able to have that kind of knowledge mm, right. it still seems a little bit thin to me but I guess it, you could buy into that as a premise
1: well I guess like in in the foundation series they, mm-hmm. they you know, if you're way out on the outer rim you didn't know about the, the you know the the, the central repository because it was just in in those books they come back to the central like the what what is basically Corsican in in asimov's universe and they didn't know what's going on but you know of course we could mix, mix all these metaphors together but but the same sort of idea that they were so far out out there that they didn't actually know about the actual central history right yeah and maybe yeah. that's the case
3: I don't, I don't know I mean did you get chance to watch the trailer I I didn't because I haven't seen season one so I was like oh I'm sure it's good Oh, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be meaningful <laughs> to me because I've been uh, waiting to to watch season oh, two we shouldn't have, have said baby one, Yoda because now we spoiled it no the, the oh, internet spoiled yeah. that like two seconds <laughs> after that character appeared like it was impossible to avoid on Twitter so you know spoiler etiquette and etc for all future stuff but like you you know like i know enough to know that this character exists so i wasn't surprised to hear the uh, oh okay get him back but then you don't
1: know all the lore about the mandalorian himself though uh
3: if it comes specifically from this show uh definitely not i'm vaguely aware of some stuff from either rebels or clone wars that uh, i haven't Mm -hmm. seen but i've seen people recapping because boba fett's a mandalorian isn't he yes right okay yeah and it's also a little bit murky too because Mandalorian.
2: a mandalore is a place Mm -hmm. mandalorians are from that place but mandal Lorien is also a... It can be an adopted term, too. So... Um, Like Ronin or something, right? Yeah, the idea is that you can become a Mandalorian if you follow the way. If you are part of their beliefs, you can become a Mandalorian. So, because I think that's what they establish. uh, Sorry, hi, maybe they established that a little bit in season one that that the Mandalorian that we are as the protagonist of this series is not necessarily born and raised um, as one of the people from Mandalore. Mm. He's born on Dorne, (laughs) isn't he? Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's right. He's a sand snake. It's a different thing. Yeah. Where we're just going to jumble all. All our history,
1: just all in there is
3: a nice, uh, yes. nice potpourri. yeah,
2: by the way, real time
1: follow up the name of the theater that opened on May 19th, 1999, was the Paramount Theater, Toronto, and yeah. it was with the release of Episode One, The Phantom Menace, which I don't yeah, yeah. remember. I remember going to see Phantom Menace there, but I don't remember that being the first movie. But and that, yeah, and of course, it was owned by Paramount Theater and Paramount Pictures or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. and so and then mm-hmm. it got sold in 2005 and became a Scotiabank, so it's only ever had two names, okay, but yeah, it's been so long. I forgot I forgot calling it the Paramount is, is a place to go kind of thing yep there you go cool all right moving on what's
3: next you know speaking of the of the 90s as we were earlier uh, this little blast from the past the Animaniacs animated show is coming back courtesy of Hulu so apparently on November 20th of this year uh, Yakko, Wacko and Dot will return in brand new uh, brand new episodes mm-hmm. cool yeah that, that was definitely uh, an interesting show it, it seems like they got the uh, original actor or voice actor back though they they should sound correct so that, that's really neat yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that i was always a fan of that show
2: that's that was the starting place for pinky and the brain one of my all-time favorite uh mm-hmm. duos right. those two i know but I, I don't think i ever watched animaniacs that no, was too cool i guess well i happen to have several box sets if you ever want to dive right, right in
1: Oh, DVD? Who, DVD. dvd who watches dvd these
2: days uh, well you know savages yeah mm-hmm. anyway so what's next we got news that. Uh, We were talking, again, in our previous episode about whether or not we were going to make it worth Jaime's money to invest in Disney+. And with Mandalorian Season 2 coming and a few other things that are coming down the line, Mulan finally becoming free in December, they did confirm, Disney did confirm this week, that One Division is coming in 2020. So that's good news. We did know that... um, Not the boy band, right? Not the boy? No, that's that's a different thing. It's a Korean band, the One Division. Yeah. Um, yeah, we knew that the, they had said they were aiming for this year, but then originally they were also aiming to have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That one got bumped because it couldn't film, I guess, because one division's a little more studio heavy. They were able to to complete that, so um, they have said December, but they haven't said a date. So that's good news. So there, there you go, Jaime. Yet another reason to flip your quarters at Disney Plus. Yeah, that's
3: uh, that probably tips things because I was like trying to like, all right, well, Mulan and which maybe given our last conversation last time uh Hamilton and binging season one of the Mandalorian and then catching up, you know, possibly even live with season two. You can also watch the black hole in Disney plus as I did. Okay. I mean, We're, I it's been a while, <laughs> so I'm like, of I wonder Simpsons. if it holds up for my, from my childhood. It which doesn't. Sure.
1: <laughs> it doesn't. Trust me. It doesn't. I'd never seen it before, but so I, I finally got around to watching it. Right. So,
2: Oh, see, I saw, I saw it in the theater and it was bad then and it's bad now. Yeah. But yeah. it's bad it, in, in glorious Disney plus. Yes. Yes. It's good that they, up it so that you can see how bad it is yeah i've actually i watched i watched episode four on
1: disney Plus two. yeah the yeah. 4k and is that what it is 4k yeah, i guess so
2: yeah this the place where you can get the the 4k versions for uh just the low price of your monthly subscription yeah you know the drywall chipping behind uh, han solo's hat is very effective in 4k Ooh, i'll have to check that out but <laughs> isn't this also the one that has the weird mcclunky scene added in now yeah, i think so mcclunky i
1: think so yes <laughs> inglorious 4k inglorious 4k mm-hmm. sorry i mean we're stealing your thunder <laughs> no it's uh, it's totally fine
3: totally fine um continuing along uh disney plus uh in 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 a vaguely canadians in the news sort of a segment of this show uh it turns out that the she hulk series that's coming to disney plus has uh cast its leading role and look it's tatiana maslany from orphan black hey what yeah yeah that was just tonight's yeah yeah that's cool i i think she's a great actress i think it'll be really good yeah wonder how they'll end up uh, rolling with it, you know, some some mixture of, of CGI I presumes is the She Hulk is, is pretty big. Um, uh, certainly not, you know, Bruce Banner Hulk large, so they don't maybe have to do too much. Is she green? She is green in the comic really? book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I just
2: throw out there that uh, I have I looked this up as soon as this got announced Tatiana Maslany is 5'4 5'4 They're the only higher short actors but... uh, I just think that's strange because She-Hulk is uh, when she's Jennifer Walters on the in the comics um, when she is just a regular person she's sort of average height which 5'4 is still not average height it's below average and then uh, when she grows to be She-Hulk she's supposed to be sort of amazonian she's supposed to be very tall and strong and and statuesque so yeah i don't know if just all of her characters going to be done in cg with just tatiana doing the voice or you know i mean obviously they've shown they can do an amazing job look what they did with ruffalo like that hulk character is all cgi but it looks like ruffalo and it and, and you know it definitely there's no worries about how it's going to look right yeah and he does do motion capture in that dude there so he's actually in the scenes but it's it's funny too, because again, when they do that with they did it with him. They've done it, obviously, CGI with lots of characters, Groot and all kinds of rockets and lots of characters in the, the Marvel Universe are CG characters. Um, but it'll be interesting, too, because part of the difference between She-Hulk and Hulk is that She-Hulk is supposed to be still very intelligent, lucid, literate, um, more like Professor Hulk than, than the dumb Savage Hulk, right? So she will be a little bit more um, like she could be having a conversation during the show but in cg so hopefully the quality of that will be good so question though speaking of Groot, does
1: does vin diesel actually do like motion capture with that character and and how long do you think it takes him to learn his lines (laughs) (laughs) but the first part of the question
2: was was a serious question um i don't know i know that uh i think um and does bradley cooper do rocket yeah i i don't know i don't know if they do because i think they might have like performers actually performing it and then them just Doing the, um, the voiceover, the voiceover. Yeah, but maybe that's something we can fact check for next week. Hmm. But how long does it take? Do you think it takes Vin Diesel to record? I am Groot. I mean, he says it a lot of different ways, lots of inflection. Oh, so I guess, okay, yeah. probably
3: at least a day or two. Right, right. <laughs> it would be hilarious if it was like forty-seven takes or something. <laughs> Just being there as okay. the crew. Really I am Groot? More
2: gravitas, you know. I am Groot. I am yeah. Groot. Okay, I now you're walking into the
1: room and it's like foggy and. <laughs> You're you know you're you're
2: not really sure if you're happy about the situation okay now go did you guys see the picture on social media of uh pedro pascal from the mandalorian he was doing the voiceover work in the studio so it's him standing in a in a recording booth with yeah. the microphone in front of him and he has a pillow tucked up under his arm uh portraying as if he is holding the baby really when he does the recording i'm like that is freaking adorable wow <laughs> nice That's very method very method so so wait, does he not act in the suit? He does act in the suit, but he can't obviously deliver his lines through the oh, plex, I see plastic With the helmet mask, on, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so spoiler, when he spoiler. does the when he does it, he has to obviously um, re-record what, his what stuff. Baby? And, what baby?
1: What are you talking about? Don't spoiler for eh? Oh, sorry. I mean.
2: <laughs> the mission thing. Yeah.
1: MacGuffin, the secret weapon thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: That's the ticket. Right. So before we move on to the, the main part of the show, I did look up out of curiosity. What is Mark Ruffalo's height and somewhere between five foot seven and five foot eight with five foot seven and a half being another source. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's, so will
1: Ruffalo and Tetslani be in the same show at some point? Is that like, does she Hulk
2: and he Hulk meet up? Well, Well, so I've I've been reading She-Hulk comics since I was a boy. Mm -hmm. The original origin is that um, Jennifer Walters is Bruce Banner's cousin. He goes, uh, he, this is when he's sort of doing his, you know, walkabout. He has to go from place to place. He's sort of sought after. He's trying not to change into the Hulk. He's there. um, Something goes wrong. She gets injured and is going to die. He transfuses himself to her because he's a cousin and therefore their blood is compatible. But, But part of that transfusion gives her also some of the uh the hulk characteristics and abilities but not she doesn't get quite as big and she does get doesn't get uh quite as savage
1: so i just had a really weird thought suppose her she needed a kidney and he gave her a kidney and just the kidney turned into the hulk <laughs>
2: <laughs> you wouldn't like my kidney when it's angry <laughs> Somebody's ticking her off. She's punching herself in the lower back, mm-hmm. and she, her secret power is giving showers. Right.
1: <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Now that we've heard the rating on this show, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move over to the uh, to the main part of the show, which is where we talk about lower decks. Uh, episode season one, episode seven. Much ado boiler. And I think Jaime is going to take the reins this time.
3: So we start off on the Cerritos, where the lower deckers, as they tend to call themselves, have uh, returned from you know a very long tired day of doing uh grid work and uh Tendi shares that she's been creating a uh, a dog or at least a dog life a like life form with uh, its DNA altered and it's uh it's a weirdo like it, it, they they think oh it's just like a normal dog and then it starts doing weird like creepy spider stuff and uh it, it scurries up into a corner after tendy has left and <laughs> it's like really weird and wild and uh, you know it, 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 Tim what i thought was it looked like a like a mac like dog but you know not normal i don't know if you you picked up on that
2: Mm, i guess yeah i'm not sure that i would have qualified mac as normal
3: but sure
1: (laughs) i (laughs) mean he's never actually met mac so he just knows him as as just an alternate
3: two-dimensional photos and an occasional background (laughs) sound there you go uh so yeah and i like how
2: how how freaked out boimler is and how uh blasé mariner is
3: right right yeah there's just like i've i've seen worse you know let me know when it's <laughs> when it's interesting, and we deal something, yeah, about wake
2: it. me up when it turns into something I need to care about, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, so setting up the sort of the position where characters are going to be in this episode is the, uh, the senior staff, so Commander Ransom Shax, and Captain Freeman are apparently going to be off on a special ops mission. So there's going to be a visiting captain and, and part of their crew coming on board the Cerritos to continue on its, uh, its normal mission. So kind of vaguely like when you had Captain sorry Admiral, Admiral? Captain? It was it Captain Jellico who came aboard the Enterprise to take over when Picard and Wharf and Doctor Crusher, I want to say, went on that secret mission into into Cardassian space, right? So, kind of a, a similar setup. Uh, uh, I don't know why I mentioned this, but apparently, the dog shows up again and turns into a cube. <laughs> and starts rolling around <laughs> that part's funny <laughs> just randomly doing weird stuff as normal dogs are, are wont to do uh and we we switch over to rutherford who is uh tinkering with a transporter you know trying to make it just a little bit more efficient save you know half a second on the beam out and uh, he convinces boimler to to be his his guinea pig and uh the first beam works fine the second beam leaves boimler all phasey as he was calling it so he's you know, one millicochrane out of phase and they're you know, I'm is he this like shimmery blue version of himself but there's also this like weird wild background static noise that Rutherford says oh you can barely notice the noise it's, it's humming yeah. off of you
2: <laughs> right. and that one had the great line too where uh, when he's really excited to help Rutherford
3: with the mission he says boim me up yeah, boim me, me up. up yeah 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 and we're introduced to Captain uh, Amina Ramsey who uh, as it turns out has uh, a bit of a history with Mariner and it seemed like they were uh, both in the Academy together, and and as you may have noticed, we said, wait, you know, Captain, right? So they're, you know, roughly the same age, and had things gone a little differently, perhaps Mariner herself could have been Captain, and that, that sets up some of the, the rest of the, the conflict that's going to go on throughout the episode. Uh, Boimler tries to, you know, pretend as if nothing's wrong while he's on the bridge, they're <laughs> like, what the hell is going on here? You need to go to sickbay and get this figured out, and uh, so he does, the, the, the Doctor carries out, he's like, all phasey. Uh, eventually he, uh, after, I think Getting jabbed with some uh, some instruments to take samples, uh, he stops making the sound. So at least you know that's a little bit positive. And yeah, well, it's, it's Rutherford comes back in, right? She's she's just trying to figure out what he is and samples. She says,
2: "You look like a, a goddamn science project." Um, but then, yeah, Rutherford comes in and he says, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he runs the tricorder over him and the sound stops and he goes, Okay, great, I'm fixed. Hey, wait a minute, why am I still phased? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but there's no sound.
3: He's like, There's no sound now. That's much better. And, uh, they, they talk about how there's Division 14, D14, that, uh, Section 14, isn't it? No, it's Division, Division 14. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, who, uh, who, who takes care of these these odd situations that, that happen to Starfleet personnel. Uh, somewhere around this time, the dog opens up and has bats and other <laughs> stuff come out of it. <laughs> again his dogs are are, are want to do uh and you have the uh, captain uh, i'm sorry was it ramsey captain ramsey uh asking mariner hey you, we, we got to do this mission uh going down to this uh, this plan do you want to be my my first officer so, so you know clearly the uh, the friendship there is is benefiting uh, uh mariner uh, then we see the i think i wrote this oh, m- wait, 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 hang, oh hang on oh, missed a you missed, missed
2: the dir- you missed the dirtiest line i've heard in this show so far when when uh, ramsey asks mariner have you seen ransom's photo photon torpedo,
3: yeah, or torn, torpedo yeah. oh right yeah that is true she she did tease her as, as as your friends might right see if there's any uh anything that happened there of uh you know romantic nature
2: yeah i i never would have thought to refer to that as a photon torpedo but sure <laughs>
3: yep really that's 24th century slang so the uh the division 14 ship shows up uh, i think i got the right number correct but at the very least it is an nx so experimental class of, of of ship per its registry it's it's very odd looking it doesn't look like a normal starfleet ship and it's it's kind of kind of scary looking and, and kind of foreboding to see and they have uh their medical specialist come on board who starts immediately talking about how uh by my walking on board is is your consent to any and all things that might occur? <laughs> right. And uh, oh, uh, we're gonna take you to the farm, capital letters that cures all. You know, this is uh, this is what you know what we do with people who are you know sick in the same way that uh, boimler is. Where you know weird, wacky space stuff has occurred. And for those who who may not be familiar with the term, quite often something that is told to children when they have a, a pet uh, such as a dog who's not doing too well, the the parents might claim that oh the uh, the dog was sent to a farm upstate where they have all this space to roam around and, and have fun and play. So uh, as an aside, that that seems to be what they were going for here, that uh, that Boimler is, is getting sent to the farm upstate where he's just not going <laughs> to be around anymore, uh, at the very least. And he mentions, the,
2: the uh, specialist mentions the dark abnormalities and the clinically obscene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, so we end up with uh, with Mariner uh, joining Captain Ramsey and 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 her crew and and Mariner's just looking real bad in front of the crew. She's forgetting you know all sorts of stuff. She's she's walking in the wrong direction. Where one of the the crewmates is like, Are, are you on a different mission or are you coming with us? Because you're heading in the <laughs> wrong direction. He tries to make a little bit of chit chat with the uh, the Vulcan officer, and uh, chit chat is not for Vulcans. They they don't see how it's relevant to the task at hand. Uh, it, it turns out this like muck removal system or generator or something has a a cascade valve that is jammed open and and they call for mariner to give them the tricorder so they can figure out what's going on Uh, and it turns out she accidentally left the the tricorders on the cerritos so they have to scramble to try out like a a sonic pulse or something to to reset the system and and save the day but the the key part of it is that uh, mariner has looked real bad and 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 less than uh, than capable uh later we're back on the cerritos or captain Ransom. Some checks in uh, on, on how things are doing over, um, you know, videocon. Uh, it, it talks about how they, they they might have to plant these volatile seeds you know, as part of their <laughs> part of their, their their secret ops mission. And the the Cerritos is supposed to rendezvous with the USS Rubido, uh, but it's late and Mariner on the bridge uh, instead of triggering a deep scan has accidentally triggered uh, the red alert, which again makes her look bad in front of her friend and in front of the, the crew. And I think she says something like, "Oh, it's okay. It'll it'll tire itself out, right? Like the red alert would just yeah. stop if you just leave it." Yeah, and and then we're over on the D fourteen, the Division fourteen ship, where we meet the uh, the freaks and geeks that have uh, have been collected and who are all ostensibly heading to the farm, and including a a man who is equal parts accelerated growth and reverse aging. Uh, they have uh, a person who is in the Captain Pike special chair, who after exposure to Delta radiation
2: and and, and- Anthony the whatever,
3: <laughs> Anthony
2: the weird like fish like creature. Was Anthony was Anthony a person? We think so.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That- I've seen some speculation online that the weird fish salamander person was a reference to Voyager's episode Threshold, where uh, Captain Janeway and Tom Paris end up going through the Warp 10 uh, phenomenon, where they eventually become uh, lizards and and lizard lovers (laughs) with children in in that episode. I'd already mentioned the, uh, you know, sent to a nice farm upstate thing, but it's kind of used more concretely here, where uh, the, I forget his name, but it's the uh, the half half young half old man says like no and Boimler like don't be an idiot like obviously they're not taking us anywhere like yeah we're just gonna live on this ship forever
1: this is the farm yeah
3: this is the farm yeah like they're they're not taking us anywhere like what's taking so long to do this thing uh been on here for so long and uh, and they start you know you know clearly being you know very upset with their situation which which will come back here as we we smash cut over to the uh seeing that the uss rubido is is adrift and uh, and powerless so the cerritos crew has uh decided all right well they're gonna go over see if they can fix the situation captain Ramsey is oh look, they're constantly losing power i'm gonna have to save save their butts again right uh and the uh the freaks back on the division 14 ship uh, are talking about like we need to mutiny and get off this ship <laughs> because we can't just be trapped here as prisoners. And, uh, and Boimler, you know, like fake agrees, but then goes and immediately tattles to the medical specialist. And, uh, you know, there were kind of different expectations there of how that was going to go. Boimler was like, well, I'm telling you this in confidence. I'm tattling here because, you know, I want to make sure that there's a non violent resolution to this, which, of course, the uh, specialist gets angry, uses his third arm, his chest arm, to bash his table and go grab a gun and, and, and immediately <laughs> goes over, right? To tell, uh, Tell people hey what the heck's going on with this mutiny right like I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush this thing and oh by the way thanks to brad Boimler for telling me everything that was <laughs> going on.
2: that that brad Boimler
3: that one right there yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor guy. so the uh the the away team um from the cerritos run, run by uh, captain ramsey and, and mariner uh taggy long etc the have gone on board the the derelict rubido and uh they've realized that you know all power is off but the you know they found the crew and the crew is all scared and freaked out and and you know floating around because the gravity isn't working um oh and I guess I missed the part where uh, with gravity not working uh you know the crew who came aboard the away team has to use their uh, their magnetic boots and this is another opportunity for uh, instant Mariner to uh to make a mistake and and just look real bad in, in front of her friend and, and uh, coming back to the, the crew of the Ruido who are, were discovered, they're like, "Don't turn on the power. This this thing that we're inside of uh, it feeds on electricity." So they uh, they try to tell the the, the other part of the away team, you know, "Don't turn on the power." But the the signal isn't going through properly, so it comes out as "Turn on the power." <laughs> and and unfortunately, the, the the creature starts like tearing apart the ship, right? And and this is where uh, ensign Mariner sort of comes to life and becomes the mariner that we're used to and starts, you know, kicking ass and taking names, uh, you know, saving saving people. And then and Captain is like, what the heck? Where has this person been all day, right? Um, and I think maybe I skipped over the part where uh, they can't beam out because there's not enough time. So she's a uh, mariner calls up uh, Rutherford and says, like, we need you to, to use your special transporter thing to beam us out. He's like, no, it's not working. He's like, just do it. <laughs> it's going to be fast enough. And, and the, the crew ends up getting, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I've misread my notes. I completely screwed up that. So forget all of that. (laughs) Forget all of that. see this is what happens when uh when i take a uh, vague notes. So, so coming back to you know where has this mariner been all day captain randy's like yo what the heck uh you you've been sabotaging this whole thing like you must have figured out that i was gonna offer you a role on my ship on the oakland and Mariner's like yeah yeah you know, i don't want to level up necessarily maybe that's not my thing maybe i'm just like a really good ensign. like i can't it just be that and uh we do learn back with the division 14 folks that the the farm is real and it is uh actually Actually, kind of a nice place. It's you know like a like a spa. Uh, everything is pretty nice there. So whoops, maybe they shouldn't have tried to do the the mutiny. Uh, well,
2: and they find it a very funny way too, because they they're mad at boimler for ratting on them. So they chase him into an airlock, where he suddenly became becomes normal again. And they're like, well, good good for you for being normal again. Have a nice trip into space. And they open the airlock, and he just
3: falls out under the grass. Oh right, he's <laughs> like, why why is the air not being forced out of my lungs? Because <laughs> should be in space yeah yeah um and the 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 division 14 medical specialist is like you know maybe we could paint the ship some happier colors and turn on some lights so <laughs> it isn't so creepy you know maybe this is giving people the wrong impression and his evil laugh too yeah that's just how i laugh <laughs> And uh, it's here, uh, you know, amongst uh, all the all the niceties of this this getaway spa, that uh, Tendy learns that uh, normal dogs, you know, they don't talk or do any of the other things that we we mentioned the dog doing, and uh, and they certainly don't float away like, like a unicorn or so that is it's such a weird trip and she's like oh oh i didn't realize that dogs didn't do that i mean she's uh from orion right maybe she's not all up to up to speed as to what human uh, earth dogs do normal dogs can't fly and spit lightning
2: I like the line from the dog, too, where she says, Don't worry about attendee. I like it here. There are many fascinating things upon which to urinate.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very dog like thing to, to approach life. Yep, And, uh, you know, it, it even turns out that, that Boimler might be, you know, kind of a, a, a sexy person on this uh, this planet of uh, the the misfits. And mm. uh, now that he's, you know, no longer uh, freakish because of the accidental, um, you know, phase thing that happened to him is, is has worn off the uh the old young man points out like hey he's not a freak and Boehm was like no 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 he's I have acidic refluxes is, is that freakish like oh see i've still got this problem <laughs> and they're like oh no we only we only like people who who've got problems and so he's uh you know you're going to be kind of sad there cuz uh, he's not going to be able to be uh, the the cool man on campus as as he might have been had the the beaming thing stayed around mm-hmm. uh this actually probably comes back to the the rubido where uh, the only way to escape before. Before the this ship is destroyed by the energy entity is for rutherford to uh to boim us out of there with the the special transporter stuff so the the crew of the rubido is saved they're beamed over they're all phasey and blue like uh like boimler was but uh, as we learned apparently that is a temporary state and uh we see a, a kind of very star Trekky thing that the the space creature sort of emerges from the uh, Rubidoux, but kind of like a hermit crab where it has used the 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 ship's sort of superstructure and hull as, as part of its own body hmm. And you've got uh, Commander Ransom who who comes over and tries to put the smooth moves on uh, Captain Ramsey who just like makes him eat it through like a table. of, like, oops, sorry, uh, reflexes, you know. And uh, and and the two and friends. And Tendy gets to meet a real dog too. Right? And, and Tendi <laughs> gets to meet.
2: Hey, right, are you a good girl? Ew, she licked me. What a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I also liked uh, when when uh, Boimler is trying to figure out how to go back to the uh, the farm because he's he wants to go back to g- get with the really hot nurses and he he says to Rutherford, "Can you can you do it to me again? Just like something weird, make me into a two a two-week freak." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good episode I thought. What do you guys think? Interesting. So
1: mm-hmm. we, we, wasn't the the sort of the planet creature thing wasn't that in Farscape the very first episode of Deep Space or the the Next Generation? Was it at Farpoint?
2: Far, Farpoint. Yeah. Farpoint. Point.
1: Yeah, wasn't that like the first two-parter or something like that? Or?
2: Yep, where they have it, this creature that can alter matter and they have it imprisoned. And yeah, yeah, it's a similar concept, I think. Although this one seems like it's just sort of feeding off the energy of the ship to be, ber- to be birthed or something. Right, right, right. I like really it. liked, uh, there's a, a real throwaway line in that sort of fight scene where they're trying to work their way up to the bridge to get out of there. And uh, <laughs> Mariner fires a phaser at it and says, not today, snot. <laughs> Big blue goop sticking through the walls.
3: Yeah, I I ended up liking the episode. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, if I'm being forthcoming, that I I thought... It was going to going to go in a little direction. So so far, we've generally seen uh Ensign Mariner as mostly having all of uh, all of the answers when it comes to it at the end. And I thought, oh, maybe this is where her failing is—that uh she can you know be in a higher sort of level than uh, than the other lower deckers, as as we assumed. It, it seems like she's got some more experience than than the mere ensign level that she is. But maybe in front of her, you know, her her peer, maybe there might be some sort of uh, a hidden self-esteem issue where she, you know, falls apart and loses the cool. And they didn't go that way, uh, but they—I think—they did add something interesting to it, where we did see that uh, maybe she doesn't want to be more ambitious than than you know a lower-decker ensign, right? We clearly saw the other episode early this season where they uh, intentionally, uh, you know, upranked her to make her her irritated. So kind of kind of interesting. It, again, it didn't go in the direction I'd I, I quite thought it was going to go, but uh, I was still pretty pleased with the with the episode. It'll be
2: interesting to see, because obviously through the first seven episodes, we've shown that Boimler, like even in this one where he's he's trying to impress the new uh, interim captain and he's like, does my hair look better this way? Does my hair look better that way? Like he's always so eager to please and he's always so interested in advancement of his career. So he is the juxtaposition to Mariner. It'll be interesting to see if this show lasts for several years or if they do sort of stake stay in this sort of mode, or if they evolve the characters so that, you know, maybe Boimler and Rutherford and Tendy start to move on, and how will Mariner feel about that? Like, this set up some interesting possibilities for storytelling that way. Yeah, but by the same
1: token, though, like, in, in cartoons, they don't generally evolve beyond the, the original setup, right? I mean, they, the story may evolve, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo
2: are always going to be in that van, no matter how far into the future we go, right? Or how many mm-hmm. episodes there are. Well, we, you know, joke about The Simpsons getting into season 31, right? Like, yeah, right. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bart's been going to that class for a long time. Yeah, he's he's kind of standing still a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. But by the same token, though, I mean, like, I mean, the Flintstones did evolve because they they had eventually had kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But you know what I mean, like, but Bam Bam and, and Pebbles never aged, right? Sort of well, thing. they
2: did eventually because by the time we got into the '80s, they did the ones where they were like getting well, married. Well, that was like a and... second
1: generation, though, right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Was, Flintstones, the next generation. That's right. That's right. And Fred and Barney were older men i don't know it's weird yeah (laughs) sitting on a park bench complaining outside a bank that's right that's right yeah Yeah, the um the dog gags this episode was made by the dog gags it just kept getting weirder and funnier and then to culminate with the dog like in like a perfect pretty you know girl's voice talking to tendy like well of course i can talk and of course i knew all about this stuff and well she but she knew it could talk all the whole whole time but yeah
1: but the other thing too she 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 was never looking at the dog when it transformed into something else right Uh, well she was in
2: the room when it changed colors right she wasn't there like she was was looking away right she was and when it transformed and like climbed onto the ceiling she wasn't there either right she wasn't there when it turned into the metallic cube which was really really funny (laughs) Um, but yeah she was there when because it was when they were just about to get onto the to the d14 ship when it started like just randomly flashing colors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah that all the the dog was like a, a very very funny part of the show Show. the gag three episodes to go yep it seems like it's uh, it's full steam ahead do you think oh. they'll have a mirror
1: universe mirror universe episode in next oh I weeks? hope so <laughs> no. I don't know if they'll do
2: it in the next three weeks but they they, they have to do one eventually they have, have one, one in every
1: one. every iteration haven't they except for next generation I guess right
2: yeah, they didn't do one in TNG. I'm just trying to think. Voyager I think everything else didn't have one. Enterprise had one. DS9 definitely had yeah. them. Did Voyager not have one? They, they I can't didn't. Recall.
3: The closest thing that they did was uh, the episode that actually takes place in the far future, and they're looking at historical records of what they think Voyager right. was. And it was like this kind of like a mirror universe where it's like the warship Voyager and yes, people yes. just like totally evil versions. Versions of themselves.
2: Yes, you're right. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, this, I mean, that is just absolutely, if we're, we're, if the show is at its best when it's going over Star Trek tropes, that's got to be in the mix somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, because, yeah, they did the whole, the whole Black Ops thing this time. And, you know, it's funny that the Black Ops is just like planting seeds, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've been pretty
3: happy with how they've made use of the, you know, sort of the, the lack of limitations they have when it comes to animation, where we, we have you know very very alien crew members we have you know the dog mm-hmm. does weird things and even just you know boimler's transporter effect would have been you know some cgi cost that would have been uh you know something that had to be budgeted in whereas now it's just like oh it's just a different color right it's that's yeah, not but that they always,
1: they've always had transporter accidents and because i mean they had the kirk was lost in one of them in in the original series and then Riker gets split in two right at one point
2: well and scotty was like permanently in the, yeah. the transporter Transport buffer the when buffer they found because, him yeah he was trying to save
1: himself yeah exactly yeah
2: yeah there's all kinds of stuff like that you're right Jaime though like they could never have afforded to do the episode where even just the part where they walk through the, the the D14 ship and you have all the weird different effects of the different you know accidents on the different characters like in cartoons it's a piece of cake and it's really funny and it's a very effective psych gag that would have cost like how much in CGI and uh, prosthetic effects and,
3: and 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 like it would have and it it probably still wouldn't have been as funny right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and just thinking about the dog stuff some of the stuff it does would have been probably pretty horrifying to see <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would have been like alien yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: yeah no it's good it's good i think uh yeah it does open up a lot of things i noticed that when they go down to the the bog planet the indigenous people there are they look like axolotls right mm. like they've got like the little you know uh gills and stuff like that like they, they look very um Amphibious, which mm-hmm. you're like it—it it almost it almost is kind of souring the the live action versions of the show where you're like
3: everybody looks really human. <laughs> with just some some weird weird stuff on their forehead or their nose or, or their ears or something yeah no to be fair doug jones is a huge
2: step forward from where we were with like the klingons in the 1960s playing saru but i i also think that you know they are still really quite humanoid and mm-hmm. they're you know they all have arms and legs and necks and and torsos and you know they really don't do a lot because you know you got to work within your limitations obviously but makes you wish they had the budget to do like a little more more CGI-intense version of the live-action shows and throw a few more random, weird, you know, use-your-imagination alien characters. I was going to ask a question, but I can't remember what it is. Do Commander Ransom's moves ever work?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we almost had a Commander Ransom episode this time, just from the opening dialogue, right?
2: Yeah, that was just... It was too funny, because it was such a clear throw to that uh, Chain of Command episode from Season 5 of TNG, right? Where they're wearing the black outfits, and they're going on the secret mission, and they get the new captain, and they even reference Jellico, right? She uh, Mariner says, you know, oh man, an interim captain. I don't want to be some Jellico babysitter type, you know? really? <laughs> Yeah, she says Jellico. She says she references his name, which, again, for TNG fans, of course, it just pops right out, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, well, I guess
1: we'll move on to our watch list then. I'm um, gonna let me go first because I've got a couple things, but go ahead, Hummie.
3: I too have a couple things. Uh, one of mine was uh, related to uh, today's episode about transport. And, and accidents and how they work the uh, saturday morning breakfast cereal comic uh pretty short i'll read it out uh, it'll be in the show notes of the transporting at home uh it's got a transporter operator and uh a starfeet crewman saying all right sir step into the teleporter and the the other guy says uh, how does it work again it's like we murder you collect the remains then shape them back into you somewhere else it's it's sort of like <laughs> you ever see ground fish meat shaped into a fish <laughs> <laughs> the other guy says, I might just take a shuttle, luddite." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and my other one related to Star Trek is uh, Steve Shives' uh, Trek Actually series. Uh, one episode here where he, on YouTube where he talks about examining Star Trek, the next generation's favorite premise, which it was kind of surprising to see them all collected here of just how many times there was the premise of a young child uh, or certainly less than an adult child has uh, been orphaned permanently or temporarily, and the premise of the episode is that one of the crew members acts as a surrogate parent to that child. Yeah. Uh, Picard did it, Worf did it, uh, Data did it, and uh, it was kind of interesting to see like how many times the, the writer's of TNG sort of went into uh, that particular well.
2: Yeah. Now that you mention it, that is a very familiar process. I mean, we've, t- we've been joking about that. That's sort of how Lower Decks has made its hay is is all these little little jokes at the expense of tropes that are repeating. But when you look back at the 55 years or 54 years of Star Trek, there's a lot of recycled material. Right? Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and uh, the one thing I hadn't really thought about was uh, that one child who ended up becoming an honorary member of uh, Worf's House of Moog, which means, does that mean he was dishonored when the House of Moog was dishonored and then eventually disbanded and absorbed into the House of Martok? Does that mean this kid is now part of the House of Martok? There. <laughs> This needs to be explored somewhere in some media. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll show up in season two of, of Star Trek: the car, And It's like, hey, who, who are you? I was like, well, actually, uh, part of House Martog. He's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, let me just explain all that, how that happened. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right, Mr. Wolf did. It was one of those many children that we had who came on board. Yes, that's right. They're everywhere.
1: <laughs> all right, uh, mine is uh, mine's. I'm gonna do the second one first, and the first one second. Um, John Wick three. So Jaime was going on about big popcorn, you know, movies. And uh, I think for me, a popcorn movie is definitely the John Wick free franchise. Uh, I finally got around to watching John Wick 3. I thought I'd seen it before, but then I started watching it the other day and realized, okay, I haven't seen this one before. And here's another take on the whole John Wick, you know, crazy fighting guy. You know, we learn a little bit more about his background with the whole Russia connection, Russian mob connection, and uh, um, silly rules that they have in this, this, uh, this franchise about the, the uh, restaurant or the, the hotel where no one can can do any killing and whatever and of course john did in, in episode two so they had to finish off the story um yeah so that was kind of interesting interesting one i know i, was, I realized it's a couple years old but there you go I, I definitely suggest if you're looking for a good popcorn movie and, you, and you've watched any of the john wick series series john wick 3 is pretty good uh, it's based on a comic book right john john wick yeah. i don't
2: think so i think it's original no? Yeah. Okay, all right. all right.
1: Seems like it is. Anywho, so the other thing I was telling Jonathan about uh, the other day was um, I accidentally started watching Prime Rewind Inside the Boys, and um, it's hosted by Aisha Tyler, Tyler? Yep. Um, and she holds no bars. Um, <laughs> she, uh, uh, halfway through the first episode, Carl Urban says, I can't believe that I'm, I'm on a show that's even more depraved than the actual show. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to let you figure it out. Uh, yeah, it has something to do with uh, with gills. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, they they uh, they. So it's a, it's a Talking Dead kind of After Black uh, series where um, it's arguable about whether Talking Dead or After Black came first or second. But um, Orphan Black, you had this show After Black where they would talk about the show on Canadian television and in the states they had Walking Dead and they would do the Talking Dead afterwards. I think they also do. One for uh, Better Call Saul as well. Yep. Um, and they've and they've, of course they've done After Track with with uh, originally and now they I think I'm not sure is is the Wesley Cl- Crusher um, Ready Room the, yeah Ready Room because it? because it, I saw After Track on online the other day but I wondered if it was just that original first series right um, anyway so this is that same format but it, but it's it's very it's been updated for the whole pandemic COVID kind of thing because the uh, Aisha's is in the stu- in the studio with a whole bunch of props from the show. Around her, um, and yet the the guests who who are there, and you know they had Carl Urban and the the guy who plays um, uh, what's his name Highlander? Um, no, Highlander. Homelander. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homelander. Uh, the actor who plays him. Both of the he and Carl Urban are from from uh, New Zealand, surprisingly. And uh, the young girl who plays the the, the initial character, Aaron Morari, and um, and of course a couple of the showrunners, and and they go through and talk about them. And, they, and they've had. Uh, the guy who plays the lightning guy what's it? the speed guy what's his name A-Train a- is the, the A-Train yeah. thank mm-hmm. you yeah the guy who plays A-Train is on, the, on one of the sh- episodes and of course the guy who plays oh fish dude Aquaman um, the deep
2: <laughs> the deep the <laughs> yeah.
1: deep thank you he's been on a couple of shows and it's it, and the actors actually you know they do shout outs to, to their characters and of course they do it tongue firmly planted at cheek cheek uh, at the, the actor, actor sitting not next to them but sort of in the same on the same screen so they're all they're all uh, remote I should, as I should say there's a big like a big LCD screen and you see the actors in I guess their home studio or whatever um remotely dialing into this thing so it's very much like a zoom call kind of thing but but with a huge like sound uh, stage soundstage studio kind of thing so it's kind of it's I think that's sort of the future of television for the next little while it's going to be you know uh, safe distancing and social social distancing and and you know like safety protocols and that kind of stuff but but still an entertaining show you know everything's done in real time and live and all that kind of stuff so very well produced and, and 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 like off the hook funny i don't know if you've watched the first episode yet john obviously of, not.
2: of the prime rewind or of the yeah, show prime
1: rewind, inside the boys yeah
2: no that's on my to-do list i i just caught up this week uh we, we talked on the weekend i watched the first four episodes of the boys so i've seen yeah. i'm all up to date now looking forward to uh tomorrow's episode five so yeah, yeah that's so i'm be confused my it comes out on fridays time. now is that the deal uh, yes yeah new episodes on fridays i think it's only Eight episodes for the season, so they're halfway through already, which is um, yeah. both good and bad. It's uh, it's amazing. It's so good. It's such a great show.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this whole like you know. I, I guess now that now that uh, production is for most television is is going to be delayed. They're not giving us the whole enchilada to watch, right? They're giving they're, they're feeding us piecemeal. They didn't do that with the with the other episodes, right? Uh, last year, last year it was all available all at once, right?
2: Yeah, I think it just depends. I mean, I think there's different models that have been tried on a few Mm -hmm. different fronts um some like even netflix has apparently talked about doing week by week and they do do week by week in their partnerships here in canada they have a partnership with cw Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. they don't do the same uh they don't air it at the same time as it airs on cw they air it afterwards um but yeah like there's there's a few different circumstances where they've been experimenting with like week by week drops of episodes for different shows and i think um this is amazon's top rated show it's the number one one thing that they've produced original content-wise. Really? Wow. And so I think what their thought is, is let's use this as best we can. Let's drag it out for... So they're going to do seven weeks because the first two episodes dropped at once, right? Right. So they're going to do it for seven weeks. And I think, again, doing that, doing the Aisha Tyler uh, show and everything else, I think the goal is to try and uh, stretch it out, get more people interested, have them subscribe a little longer, or have them just have their eyes on the program so they can pump some of their other material. Too, right, right.
1: Yeah, very entertaining. Um, like I said, uh, I, I tend to watch. I like to watch these shows. They're sort of mind-numbing things. That working on other things, so I don't have to, you know, watch the screen, but just sort of laugh along with them. Um, yeah, I do recommend it. If you're if you're a fan of the boys, definitely check out this show. If you're not a fan of the boys, definitely check out this show. Yeah, because um, yeah, because I don't think you need to even see the episodes to sort of get the humor of what they're talking about. Yeah,
2: but that's it. That's it for me, Jonathan. Do you have anything? Yeah, the only thing I'll uh, mention is you know, yeah the boys watch the boys it's so good um and i've i have finally um started getting about halfway through the first or the second season of umbrella academy Mm -hmm. Uh, another show shot here in toronto and another similar kind of in its tone to the boys um sort of you know on the on the darker edge not i don't think it's as dark but on the darker edge of sort of comic book um storytelling and it's great it's really really good um i wasn't sure like i really enjoyed the first season i wasn't sure how the second season would translate but it's been terrific so uh i definitely recommend diving into that one
1: yeah i have to catch up on um that and doom doom patrol and doom,
2: yeah i'm still that's the next one on my list so i'm going to finish umbrella academy and then i'll be ready to to get into season two of doom patrol that's the last sort of outstanding thing for me uh, although i still haven't I, i've i been looking to see when star girl is going to be here in canada and so far it's been snake eyes i haven't seen it anywhere so. yeah the um there's a new that was the one that was on dc universe and also on cw in the states here if you have a premium like the top tier cable package you can get uh one of the cw stations here and you can watch it here on that but if it hasn't been picked up by any canadian broadcasters as far as i know that was i haven't looked for a few weeks but that was the last thing i saw um so that's disappointing because it has gotten good reviews and they've been doing a whole uh, justice society of america subplot with that which looks really interesting to be as a big comic buff. So yeah.
1: okay. Well, I guess that's it for another week. So hey, Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you, how would they find you? I'm on Twitter is at Dev with the hair. All right, and Jonathan, people want to touch with you. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at JPK News. All right. My name is Timitra. T I M M I T R A. On the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. Until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: You've been listening to the Spockcast podcast.
1: this sort of torpedo thing. The other thing that I noticed it stood out was, you know, the, the the two people that were beamed together into the into yeah. one body. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And and sh- the woman says, we have two of everything. He says, almost everything. Almost everything. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Again, two two subtle, but definitely, you know, edgier lines on the show. It's yeah. good. It's good. Um, did you guys, uh, did you guys see the, the PlayStation 5 it's stuff? Coming. Yes. Right. So they, they announced, all of the stuff yesterday they showed the trailers for some new stuff they finally announced the release date they finally announced the prices and they said you know this was at like four o'clock in the air five o'clock in the afternoon the the presentation ended here and uh they said you know pre-orders will be coming soon but they weren't more specific than that and then over the course of the evening last night all the different major retailers here in canada started putting them up for Mm pre-order and one by one they would all sell out so by this morning i went on and checked and our our um, you know craigslist kijiji facebook marketplace all that stuff is just packed with scum who has thousand dollar two thousand dollars have yeah they've basically there's two models there's one that's discless and there's one that uses discs and yeah the range is, so they were here in canada they were five hundred dollars and six hundred and thirty dollars uh, respectively for the disc is the more expensive one, and, and yeah, thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. They're all back up, and it's all the pre-orders that people placed yesterday are all back up online. Oh my! They, they just can't get these things right. Like it's just it's so terrible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And then of course this is a day after Sony announced they're going to be about four million short on their estimates because of a chip manufacturing uh, deficit. So right, right, yeah. So what a mess! What a mess! And then of course the Xbox going on sale. I think it's $2 Days before, so there's going to be a whole you know, is there going to be
1: pre orders for those, and that's it? that's all going to go out of control, too. Or
2: I don't know, I it's funny because I I used to be quite involved obviously with the gaming community because that was part of my job, and um, but I don't know anybody, and not even uh, not even my number one uh, son here who is interested in that new Xbox, like it just it's, Xbox kind of shot itself in the butt, or not Xbox, Microsoft kind of shot itself in the butt because they used to have exclusive. Titles where you had to have an Xbox in order to play Halo or Forza or, you know, um, like Gears of War or any number of franchises, but they've gone to this model over the past few years where it's dual platform place. So you can play it on a PC or you can play it on your Xbox. Right. So why, most, why would you buy an Xbox? Most gamers have gravitated. Well, that's the thing. You can get a better performance out of having a, a, a PC, PC because you can yeah. customize it and everything else. And a lot of gamers prefer the experience of using a keyboard for gaming. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of destroyed their own necessity to own their product which is strange choice whereas um PlayStation's gone the opposite direction and basically saying like this is the only place you can get the new Spider-Man game this is the only place you can get the new Sackboy adventure game this is the only place you can get uh Gran Turismo 7 was promoted yesterday like they're like all about the exclusives you want to play Last of Us 2 you want to play you know uh Uncharted you want to play these like you know now 10 pole franchises for them this is the only place you can do that and it's smart business i think so with tax, a uh, PlayStation Five for the disc model here in Canada comes to seven hundred and eleven dollars wow. and some change. That comes with um, no games, and a free iPhone, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. comes with no games and comes with no uh, one controller. And
1: yet, it's the whole subscription model, which I totally object to,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So if you wanna, if you wanna get the system and a game and a second controller at minimum, you're looking at yeah, probably almost nine hundred dollars.
1: Wow, plus. Description sufficient
2: plus yeah if you want to play any kind of online stuff you have to have a ps plus and all that other stuff so yeah what's ps plus cost per month i don't recall i think it's a, you can do like uh one month three month or 12 months and i think it goes down i think it's like 60 bucks or something for a 12 months mm, it's not it's right. not unreasonable right. but they've also they've sweetened it so part of the announcement yesterday was that they're gonna do um ps4 games immediately playable on download through ps plus for ps5 owners and it's like a list it's like all the best titles from ps4 will be available as like if you have a ps plus membership and your ps5 you can sit down and just start playing them so you can play god of war you can play uncharted you can play you know like all the best titles that they had to offer in the last gen so that's at least something so if you skipped ps4 for whatever reason or you couldn't afford one or whatever and you want to just jump into ps5 for a relatively low investment you can get a whole bunch of really 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 good titles well cool. so, so should we put you down or are you are you down no. for the uh $900 investment? No. Oh, not interested. I don't even I don't even play my PlayStation 4. Yeah. And you have the cool PlayStation 4. Do I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I have the Darth Vader one. You have yeah. the Darth Vader one. That was awesome. It's now worth nothing, right? Well,
3: it is isn't. it isn't. It's still a pretty cool collector's item. Mm hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. How about yeah. you, Jaime? Are you, uh, are you console gaming interested enough to want one of these things?
3: Yeah. It, it's, it's a weird situation. Like, I, I do see the same thing that a, a lot of the exclusive, so like it's not available on both platform stuff, is, I think, much more strongly in, in Sony's camp, especially with like, you know, the God of War sequel, uh, uh, Ragnarok. Uh, teased and etc and, et cetera. and I, I want to say Final Fantasy 16 as well. Um I guess to Microsoft's credit though it does seem like they they didn't punch themselves in the face when it came to pricing this time. So they they have the the much lower price 299 discless uh model and it looks like they probably forced Sony to match pricing for their 499 uh disc drive based model. So I'm like, "Wow, a 299, that's not bad." I you know, I don't need the the disc stuff. I would probably want to go eventually more towards the streaming gaming sort of thing and you know it, it, it seems like they have a lot of things lined up in their favor Like, you know like xbox live and their new whatever ultimate game pass that includes stuff like xcloud streaming and etc like it seems like if they have it there they just need to come up with exclusives like go buy some studios or something man you know take those take those monies that they're getting for office 365 and azure and just shove it into the xbox division and say go buy some exclusives for us you have to yeah and it's again it's particularly strange that they- have done that but not
2: like again this whole pc pc equal model thing is a strange choice
3: yeah yeah um so i I don't know this will be an interesting generation because i'm uh as a as a mac owner uh and and i don't have a gaming windows pc i'm kind of left out in the cold when it comes to pc gaming like it's pretty rare to get uh you know good games in a timely basis through like steam as an example but um if streaming becomes a thing of like some server some Somewhere is what my 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 dumb terminal is connected to and I, I don't have to have actual devices like oh suddenly the mac becomes just a, a you know a dumb terminal for gaming that's happening elsewhere that could be pretty pretty compelling especially if the consoles start opening up some of that as well if they try to uh expand their market in any way
2: yeah i don't know i don't know it's an interesting time meanwhile there's uh nintendo still
3: tugging to along yeah doing their own thing as they as they usually do they're always gonna they're always gonna nintendo like i think you'd mentioned the last time the <laughs> mario 35 oh it's only for limited time it's like why <laughs> why would you make this it's not like a physical thing like oh we're only gonna make a very small number of this exclusive item all right you know that's a very nintendo thing to do but it kind of makes sense but for the online service like just just leave it running and have it you know reboot itself every once in a while if you don't want to have uh you know uh, dedicated ops people like why why, why have this online service uh, game run for such a short period of time? It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's strange because it,
2: you can. they've got the, um, the Super Mario 3D bundle that's come out too. And so it's a Switch playable version of uh, Mario 64, Super Mario um, Galaxy, and Super Mario Sunshine, which are all three very well-regarded 3D Mario games. So they've got these great titles. They put them in a physical package so you can buy it, and it comes out uh, tomorrow I think actually comes out in the physical package and then you could also buy it online but even the online sales they're limiting it till march and then after march you won't be able to purchase it anymore i'm like i guess it's a motivation tool like hey it won't be here forever if you want to get a physical copy it's going to sell out because we're not going to make too many and if you want the digital copy you have to spend the money on it before spring otherwise it's going to be gone and you won't be able to get those games for the system but those are like you know if you're a nintendo fan and you don't want to have to dig out your old systems that's like a no brainer purchase right
3: yeah it's uh, it's just so weird and and one thing i wanted to bring forward to your guys's attention if you if you hadn't thought about it was uh i don't know what the heck like, like, like both nintendo and microsoft have these weird naming problems with their systems <laughs> and and the only one who and this is my original thoughts here i was listening to the castle super beast podcast and they were talking about how like uh, by happenstance sony has ended up with the easiest and most straight forward naming thing of like playstation plus a number right and this is playstation 5 and if they needed some you know some variant it was like a pro right so playstation 4 pro great in this one particular podcast they were talking about the xbox series x and xbox series s not to be confused with the xbox one x and the xbox one s and oh by the way game compatibility between those was blowing my mind i was having trouble listening to this so keeping straight of like which xbox one when S games would be available on something like an Xbox Series S or X. And it's just nutty. And, it, and they were bringing up like, hey, look, uh, there was a period of time that, you know, for older generation might still be there that like, oh, uh, the Nintendo my my grandchild wants the Nintendo was like, well, actually, they're, they're playing PlayStation now. And then at some point, Sony got such market share that it was like, oh, the PlayStation. Well, no, actually, it's this new Nintendo device. It's already problematic as it is when these devices have very, very different names, right? X Xbox, Nintendo something, and... PlayStation and and folks who you know are looking to buy something for a birthday or christmas or something have trouble with that why would you make it hard for people who are in the community to like me <laughs> to keep it straight in my dang head <laughs> with these bonkers names that also sound similar x and s that's really hard to hear over the phone and and, and you have the, you know the poor parents or grandparents going to uh yeah you know to the store or going online oh i don't know i guess jimmy and and Sally wanted this this Xbox One X, I guess? They did say X. It's just bananas. <laughs> yeah, it really does stretch logic.
2: Although uh, it seems like they might have been taking their cues from the good folks at Apple who are just like randomly skipping
3: numbers and adding letters to their uh, sales products as well, right? Yeah, and, and X is a weirdo one because if you take, uh, you know, Roman numerals and English usage and Japanese usage, it could be the, you know, the series. Uh, X, the series 10, or the series cross, depending yeah. on, on who you're talking to and how they might interpret the brand name. Well, it's funny, Apple sort of screwed themselves
1: too, because the the last operating system, you know, we have Mac OS 10, right? And it's been Mac OS 10 for since like 99, right? And uh, they just came out with they just decided to go to 11, right? The problem is, is that when we coders write our code, we've been writing you know, like if we wanted to check available like a features available or frameworks available we've been saying if it's you know OS 10 and we're using the number 10 you know dot you know 15 16 whatever um, they had to a- allow us to use 10 16 and or 11 as as the version number in our code because uh, a lot of people had already you know sort of done sort of versions of, of 10 dot something mm-hmm. or other right and so they had to so they <laughs> so both are acceptable versions of, of the current of big sir which is you know uh, the the 16th iteration of 10 or the first iteration of 11 right so yeah mm-hmm. stuff, so, Pete, stuff you guys wouldn't see but you know Jaime and I just kind of shake our heads at, right
2: yeah again it just seems like unnecessary complexity
1: yeah it's marketing though it's the marketing department so, who decide these things and, and make grief for everybody right yeah all right anyway I gotta run I got some projects I'm working on and like that all right talk to you guys later Thanks, all right you later.
2: see you guys